Hello and welcome to another edition of Through Imperial Eyes. My name is Brayden Ledbetter. I'm your host. I'm your co-host, Jackson Daylene. And yeah, thank you guys for tuning into our Star Wars Podcast Day special this Sunday. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking about all of our favorite Star Wars toys, so hopefully you check that out. If you didn't, it is on our podcast feed. And um, unfortunately, this week we will not be reviewing Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. Um, we just haven't had time to get into it lately, so we will be for sure reviewing that next week. Um, but other than that, I think that's all the housekeeping. What have you been up to this week for Star Wars? <laughs> um right now mainly books i'm digging hard deep into into the dark yeah which so far i'm actually really enjoying and i'm excited yeah, to have that conversation too. um but i essentially have a bunch of star wars books saved onto my ipad um that i just have downloaded as files as pdf files um so i'm also uh getting i just read like the first two chapters of uh last shot the Ooh, yeah. and lando book um i've heard so, good things yeah it's 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 fun starting off it's a very very simple start off um I, like i said it's only the first two chapters hasn't even been a lot um so i'll probably finish into the dark and then finish last shot um and go with that before more uh high republic novels come out yeah cool so. uh i've I'm still working my way through my rewatch of the uh, of the entire Skywalker saga. I just finished Force Awakens yesterday. Um, oh, done. Yeah, I love that movie so much. <laughs> and I know a lot of people have problems with the humor in like the entire sequel trilogy, but I don't know what it is. It, I just love the jokes and the non-seriousness of a lot of the scenes in the force awake it's so star wars to me um i think that john boyega is hysterical oh my god through yeah through the entire yeah. trilogy um, and even and harrison I, ford has a lot of great moments oh, in oh, force awakens yeah. just that's I not how the force works i think it's funny as the actors showing us what is very likely to be their real self is the yeah. the funniest moments when put into a star it. wars situation yeah and i I also um it was the first time in a while that I watched Return of the Jedi um earlier mm. and man I love Return of the that, Jedi. That's like it used to be my favorite Star Wars movie probably like 5 years ago. Um but you can just tell how over Vader is of just being Vader. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's so yeah. great cuz like you you just see Anakin I guess he starts slowly starting to become Anakin again, becoming like, I'm so over this. Well, I think it's funny. The the scene of Luke and Vader on the bridge in Endor and looks like you can change. Like you realize that, right? Like you have that power and Vader's like, it's too late for me. <laughs> He's, He's like, like I've, yeah, I've, I've done thought about it. But... <laughs> I can. I've got literally just, I sit back and just, he yells at yeah. me, no matter what happens, I just do whatever I can. Yeah. But yeah, it's great. Um, I'm having a lot of fun rewatching all these movies. So I'm really excited to watch the last Jedi, um, very soon. So yeah. What do we got up, um, for news stories this week? I know we got a little bit. The bad batch will be arriving sometime this spring. Um, I'm thinking probably around like April, May area That's what I'm saying or, too, right yeah. before summer starts uh, at a press release from the official D23 website. Um, it indicated that they were going to be doing a spring issue featuring content set to arrive before the period ends. Um this will include a feature dedicated to the Bad Batch. So that'll be cool. That'll be cool kind of getting, I think, just kind of a... 
I'm picturing like a content information, like just drop. Yeah. Like and I just, think they're going to, I think they said there was going to be like a bit from D Bradley Baker. Um, just kind of, that's uh, cool. like his overview on it. But, uh, yeah, it looks like we're starting to get into the marketing push for bad batch, which will be fun. Which is cool. It'll be cool yeah. to finally, I think, besides meeting the uh, the the team, I think it'll be cool seeing what side characters we're going to be seeing in Certainly. that show. Yeah. I know, like, for sure, Fennec Shand will be in it, but, like, who else, you know? I think yeah. characters from the Clone Wars movie, or Clone Wars, would be uh, cool. I think we'll see some cool characters pop in that show, and it'll be fun to see. I'll, it'll be fun to see my expectations be exceeded because my expectations are already low only because i haven't finished clone wars and i haven't like been introduced to the bad batch yet yeah um and i'm i'm coming up on it so yeah i'm excited to see where it goes with this series but i think we have another story so the andor series just announced um a couple more directors um, I think the first two directors that have been announced, um, and they are Ben Karen and Susanna White. Uh, I know Ben Karen did The Crown and Sherlock, a lot of a lot of British TV shows. He did a few episodes of The Crown and Sherlock. I really like Sherlock. I haven't watched The Crown, um, but I really love the tone of Sherlock. And Susanna White did Generation Kill, The Deuce, and Billions. I haven't seen any of those shows, but I know she directed a few episodes of those. I haven't um, seen I- any of those either, but I've all heard they're very good. So have you seen l- Sherlock? I've seen Sherlock. I've seen. Sher- I meant yeah. more of uh, Susanna uh, White. Susanna, Susanna White. Yeah. 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 But what kind of tone do you think we're looking at for the Andor show? I mean, um, with with the knowledge of these kind of directors are being announced, a lot of directors who are familiar with episodic storytelling. What do you think? This is definitely. Um, I say it. Uh, action drama. It's that yeah. the focus is that it's a drama, and all of the scenes will be very big. I think kind of acting moments, um, but they will be kind of untraditional, you know, dramatic scenes. It's not just people yeah. having a conversation in a house. Um, I hope we get nice and intimate with the characters. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think these are definitely people who are going to be able to. Uh, uh, achieve, I think, the vibe that Andor wants, which is, I think, supposed to be that gritty, you know, spy movie. It makes me think of like, uh, like uh, I, I don't even think I ever saw it, but the the Kingsman, you know, just yeah. kind of that, like that that spot, like an old spy movie that's not necessarily James Bond suave, but more, you know, the dirt and grimy of yeah. And especially, I ho- I really hope they get into you know, there's an all star cast for this show. Yeah. So I really hope that um, we really get to see a lot of the cast and what kind of characters we're going to get out of this. Um, are there any directors that you have in mind to direct episodes of this series? I don't know specifically. I mean, if we sat and kind of had the conversation about it, I think people like uh, James Foley from who he did. Uh, he did some episodes of House of Cards. I think that would be kind of a really neat kind of person to put in Yeah. mainly because I think that those writers and those directors were able to kind of uh, give you the good political jargon that is house of cards, but house Mm -hmm. of cards is also really intense in the sense of like people die in it. You know, it's not just a politics show, it's dirty politics. So it makes me think of the dirty politics of the rebellion, which is kind of that like unspoken thing that they talk about. And that's kind of Cassian Andor's whole thing in Rogue One is he's like, he's like, I'm the guy that they use to do like the bad calls. You know, I'm the one that they get for 
the dirty work. Like that's who I'm going to be. So I think that's kind of cool with that series. And I think the directors I have now will definitely fit in that. I think this is where you bring in someone like Ryan Johnson um, to direct an episode, because if you see his, his TV work is all, he has like a clean slate because he's did like one of the, he's did some of the best episodes of breaking bad. Um, he's directed, I think um, there was another show that he episode, he directed an episode of, but he is a great episodic storyteller. And I think that if we, if we do, um, if we do get more film directors coming in to direct some episodes of these kind of shows, I think this is where you kind of slowly bring Ryan Johnson back into the mix, mm-hmm. especially because they announced his trilogy and then, then they just threw it away almost because we haven't heard anything since it's been announced. Um, and he's kept saying that like, yeah, it's still happening. It's still happening. It's developing. And we just haven't heard anything. I think this is where you can bring him in, but I'm, I'm not saying that I think they will. I just think this is a good opportunity for this that. This is an area for him to, yeah, to kind of just kind of get his feet wet again. Work. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I but, agree. um, what do we got next? Um, so, uh, the official star Wars, uh, I watched it on YouTube, but they're, they kind of posted it everywhere. They've been doing yeah. character spotlights for mm-hmm. the high Republic and they just released the, uh, chancellor Lena. So one, which was, is pretty, they're simple. They're like, you know, two and a half minute long. Like here's this person, here's what they do. Here's who yeah. they kind of are. This kind of gets vis- everybody visually introduced to the, all the, the high Republic characters, the Lena. So one for sure. And the, uh, the, uh, Avar Chris one too was definitely just like it, it, it talks about like uh, the Lena so when it talks about how Lena so stops the hyperspace lanes when the disaster happens yeah. and it's like and that's a controversial call and I'm like oh so it's just it's just quick summary stuff of just like uh, especially light of the Jedi that's just, it just felt like a quick summary for light of the Jedi stuff but it's cool that we're seeing the characters i especially and and i like the art that follows it i like seeing i like being able to put like actual faces onto these characters because that's always my thing is i have to try and build some kind of image when i'm reading and sometimes i struggle building the people's faces so i just love how it um emphasizes how responsible of a chancellor she is yes and how she actually does want what's right for the galaxy and right for the republic i completely Um, agree and I just, I just love her character, and I'm excited to see where we end up with her at, by the end of the higher public. Yeah, I hope we see kind of more of her. I liked in Light of the Jedi the little chapters of her and like her building a quick like you know conversation team just to kind of do a, a plan out. Um, who, who, who would you want to see as a uh, a character spotlight just to kind of be that like full introduction, especially I think with the art and just kind of who they are. I want a Porter angle spotlight. I want uh Elzar man. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure they'll have one. Get, they'll give probably, him, I, I give think him a couple weeks. I think he's going to be the, uh, point, uh, the point of view, at least the quote unquote main character. The last two yeah. higher public novels aren't necessarily main character books, but you know what I mean? Like the one yeah. who's kind of going to be the focus. I think he's going to be in the, the next, uh, big novel for high Republic. The, uh, is it uh, the rising storm? A rising storm. That's it. Yeah. That's the, that's like the sequel, the, the direct sequel to Light of the Jedi. So that's cool. That'll be fun. Uh, cool. Um, so, so there was an interview with Kevin Feige and they asked him if 
if there is any possibility for a Star Wars MCU crossover. And he confirmed it is extremely, extremely unlikely for that ever to happen. And I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think it ever needs to happen. And I think that's that. <laughs> uh, I'd be down for a crossover fighting game. Like a, I, like a yeah, Marvel get, get, versus Capcom. Just Marvel versus Star Wars. If we do have to crossover, do it in a game. Do it in something yeah. that isn't, it doesn't have to be canon. Because how, I don't know. I'm just not on board. With, well, I think it's funny because like, you read it and people think, you, you read it and you instantly think like, oh, that's funny. Like that would never actually happened but then like people are breaking down like theories of how it could well, work well there's like and... the Patton, Patton Oswalt like the filibuster <laughs> oh. thing he did on Parks and Rec or whatever yeah, yeah uh, that I think because I remember Patton Oswalt quote tweeted it and <laughs> a, he was a like gauntlet of Mandalorian armor climbs out of the yeah. Sarlacc pit <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I don't see that ever yeah, being a possibility but uh, it's just not needed that kind yeah. of content what's next um oh a uh, game rant uh dropped a little article and reported a rumor that a new shooter star wars game was in the works um the project has apparently been in development for more than two years now and it's something closer to star wars squadrons rather than ea's other uh star wars style games battlefront or even respawns fallen order yeah um i personally think it's going to be a uh a skywalker saga uh era i'm trying to find the words to this it's essentially going to be a starfighter game that is covering all of the star wars eras um because squadrons is just post return of the jedi it's like the it's like the year after return of the jedi and it's about the final days of the war um and i think that since that got a lot of uh positive feedback you know squadrons was supposed to be just kind of a one and done quick arcade game it was 40 bucks when it came out it was already 20 dollars cheaper than normal average full game price and there was no uh no content updates that were going to happen at all like it was stated like yeah no we don't plan any content updates and then it started being uh cosmetic stuff but then it got to the point that they released new ships. They like gave like new things, like a new map and new ships and not just small little stuff. So I think the fact that squadrons was planned to be this game that almost was expected to bomb didn't bomb. And now I think they're going to make a bigger full on actual starfighter game that will cover all three. Yeah. Much um, more story driven. Um, Cause I think I do agree. Squadrons was a lot more experimental and yes. kind of just let's see how this goes and if it does well we'll expand on it yeah um so i really hope to see a nice in-depth story starfighter story game that would be really cool to see i think it would be really cool to um have something that recreates uh infamous battles that we've seen i'm thinking i'm thinking death star 2 i'm thinking the battle of exegol i'm thinking the battle of coruscant you know jakku yeah 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 just you know starfighter you know fights that you can have in big moments in the in the movies that we've seen bring in bring in characters like uh like sienna and thane from lost stars like why not yeah yeah. that'd be so cool so moving on um 
just really quick, The Mandalorian got nominated for a Golden Globe and a Writers Guild Award, both for Best Drama, which, you know, de- deservedly so. Uh, season yeah, right. two was a great season. Um, so, yeah, congrats to The Mandalorian for getting nominated for those awards. Um, not sure about a win or anything like that, but it's cool that we're um, the Star Wars universe is still getting recognized um, in the professional space, so that's cool. But um, I think this is going to be our last story um, before we get into the questions. But Knights of the Old Republic, there's rumors that we're getting a remake from the makers of Jedi Academy. What are you thinking? Um, I think that's perfect. Yeah. I I'm playing Jedi Academy, and it's uh, it, it's exactly what I want Knights of the Old Republic to be. Um, I think Knights of the Old Republic is uh, aged in the sense that it's a turn-based game. Not saying that turn-based games are bad, but they're not popular anymore. Right. Um, especially when it comes to Star Wars games, because I think people want immersiveness rather than uh, gameplay styles. Yeah, um, and a lot of times they want to play uh, like they're in a movie. Um, and I think uh, Jedi Academy is really good at making that feel natural. It, yeah. it, it the co- just I, I constantly talk about the combat style in that game just because it just feels real. It's like I have to pay attention when my swings are hitting, but it's not something like fallen order where it's timed pairing and it's you know that dark souls combat it's more i have to kind of build my combat that way i can fight however i want but that's kind of the whole thing is that it's it's up to my decision of how i want to battle um so i think or if you're me playing fallen order i just button mash and hope something good happens how i play jedi academy sometimes too just button mash the lightsaber fights you'll get through it eventually you'll get killed a couple times but you'll get through it (laughs) that's why it took me so Um, long to finish (laughs) fallen order but i think that'll be cool especially with knights of the old republic uh i think a good reboot that will essentially merge into the high republic um because i don't think don't do like a sequel. Don't don't make the old high the old the old old Republic games. Yeah, give canon. us something. Give us something that can tie into High Republic. Yeah, and, I would you know I would say do a fresh start. That give us new in. characters, and yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe even bring in some you know familiar characters, but make it new. Cool. Do we want to do some questions? Uh, sure. Before we get into listener questions, I just wanted to. Someone asked Mark Hamill on Twitter. Um, a fun question and I think it'd be cool if we answered it um, the question sure. was what happens if you drop a lightsaber on the ground does it go through the planet and I know Mark Hamill replied and yeah, he, he did he basically said I don't know <laughs> he was like well I've never dropped mine he was like so I yeah. don't know <laughs> you're like, but oh, what, well. I- what? what is your answer to that question <laughs> what happens if you drop a lightsaber on the ground does it go through the planet or not I think it has the ability to but I also think of uh, you know when like in, in Phantom Menace, when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are That is the first thing I thought about through, when I thought of this question. It, yeah. it takes him a second because I'm like, yeah, it cuts through it. But I bet you because that metal's so dense, the lightsaber's got to, you know, actually like cut and carve through it. And I it. think it does, it does take some force for a lightsaber to go through something. It's not just instantaneous. <laughs> if you touch it, it penetrates it. That's what I'm thinking too. I, so I think like a large enough mass, the lightsaber's not just going to like... No. Just 
fall through. It'll surely burn any ground it lands on, but I don't think it just yeah, immediately falls not, through and penetrates like every single this, this hole that just goes yeah. straight down. Like oh, yeah. I don't think I don't think lightsabers are like that, but. Cool. Yeah, I think we can move on to some listener questions um, from our Twitter and our Instagram. We got tw- we got some uh, some questions from both social media platforms. Uh, this first one comes from at a rural farm boy who is a great supporter of the entire Star Wars podcast community. And we're very thankful um, for people like him. But he asked now I ain't much a gamer. There's one Star Wars story that I love. And it's the story told in the PlayStation game Battlefront 2. The cut scenes play like a film. What's your thoughts? I actually want want your thoughts on this first because I know you're not crazy about the Star Wars Battlefront Two campaign. Yeah, I, I do like I do like the campaign. I love the story. Um, I thought the the story for Battlefront Two was awesome. I wish it was a little longer. I wish it went a little more in depth to Aiden Versio's character. But I think her turn, um, her turn from Imperial to Rebel was really great, and I love her character arc. Uh, I I think it would honestly make. That story itself would make for an awesome like Disney Plus series. If you go That's like cool. live action, yeah. that would be cool. Okay, but um, I think it's cool. I like it. Um, it fills in a lot of gaps between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens that we don't necessarily see otherwise. Um, but yeah, that super cut. That super cut of the cutscenes that he linked was. It's. It's. It, I've seen it before. It's. It's fun to watch. Did you ever play that DLC where it? Yeah, well, that's I won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iden's daughter yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like the Battlefront Two campaign. I agree. It should be a little longer. That game in itself, I think, is just gorgeous. It's got yeah. excellent lighting uh, mechanics to it. So I think I, I completely understand how that campaign plays like film. It's just one big long story, and it's it's a good classic. Uh, you know leave the empire join the rebels and understand what it means to have you know moral righteousness and hope yeah. in your life and we're seeing so many of these stories now of like members of the empire realizing the wrongdoings of the empire yeah and having to balance on that you know that moral dilemma that I think a lot of people in the Empire ended up going through and never always acted on it. Uh, I read the first Alphabet Squadron book, and in it, the first couple chapters is all about the main character who is an ex-Imperial pilot Mm -hmm. who left her, like, really good squadron. Essentially, what had happened was that uh, the New Republic formed, uh, like, refugee camps for ex-imperials who essentially had left and like in the book this specifically this place was called traitor's remorse and it was like this little like hoover village hoover town of just like shacks and whatnot of refugee ex-imperialists who were just trying to find their way in the galaxy and i think it's cool that that's kind of like as you know especially with second death star a lot of people were just like (laughs) i'd be like well you got us like we'll call it that we'll join your side yeah, I just love that we're getting stories like this one and like in Lost Stars and we get Finn uh, and we get, you know, uh, Bodie Rook from Rogue One. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of defected Imperials. I love I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just love those kind of stories um, a lot. But moving on, the next question from our uh, our social medias comes from at Jessica Fisher writer on Instagram. And she asks, with the nine films completed, do you think Anakin is the chosen one? I do. Agreed. 
I do. It, Anakin wasn't destined to only two Jedi and only two Sith to two powerful Sith, which is, you know, uh, did Darth Bane implement that? Is that is the that, rule of two? Yeah. The rule of two. Is that Darth Bane? That is Darth Bane. Yes. Um, yeah. Anakin definitely did it. Two powerful Jedi, two powerful Sith. Yeah. He definitely. Yeah, 100%. And, um, I think, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think Anakin is the chosen one and he did kind of screw it up with his choices <laughs> and like, you know, he, he didn't, he wasn't a very good chosen one, but he was the chosen one. Right. Um, but we have to realize that, you know, the force evolves and it's ever changing and, you know, it works in mysterious ways. And I think that when he comes back to the light in return, of the Jedi, um, you know, he kind of faces this moral test of, do I let the emperor kill my son while I watch? And then I have to, I'm just kind of stuck here forever. Or do I use this opportunity to make the right choice, kill the emperor, save my son, and then just let my legacy be what it is. And I think that is kind of his way. That is his way that he brought balance by killing Palpatine and letting the light go forth instead of being stuck in the darkness. I agree with that. I, I think, too, it's funny that uh, almost everybody doesn't necessarily until like Ray and Kylo. Does it fully kind of click that the force needs to be equal? Yes, because it's like, you know, the Jedi Order and Obi-Wan is all like you were supposed to destroy the Sith. And that's eventually what they did with Luke. I think Luke was the, the yeah. chosen one of the Jedi prophecy of destroy the Sith and, you know, be the most powerful Jedi. And then Anakin's whole thing was destroy the Jedi and be the most powerful Sith when there needed to be balance. And Anakin created balance until Obi-Wan died and until Yoda died. And then it was. Well, yeah. And even in. The Rise of Skywalker with Palpatine's return and like Rey facing Palpatine and the Force calls upon her and all the Jedi come back and Anakin says, bring balance as I did. And that is the key right there. Bring balance as I once did. He did bring balance for for a long period Uh, of time. uh, Yeah, a good amount. Yeah. And I think that was the prophecy. He brought balance to the Force eventually for a long time, but the Force... The future, as as Yoda says, always in motion is the future. Things change. People, you know, people like Anakin turn to the dark side. You know, they're... I, I just think the prophecy itself was fulfilled, but that didn't mean that was it forever. There are things right. that change. Maybe the Force called upon Rey this time, or called upon Luke later the on. Force, the Force is always moving and yes. changing and expanding and going, and yeah, I, so I yes, completely agree. To, to answer the question, yes, Anakin is the chosen one that we know of. Well, cool. Let's do uh, let's let's do our next section. Cool. Our, no, uh, our next question. Yep. The next question comes from on Instagram at conmanjfo, and he asks. Where do you think Cal's arc will go in Jedi Fallen Order 2, excluding death? So this is a, this, this is a, a question that I, I feel bad having to answer because I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I, I really yeah, I literally don't know. I, I don't know where they're going to take the Fallen Order uh, stuff. I think they will probably continue trying to find like other Jedis. Um. I wonder if they will try and work a way to where 
Cal Kestis is someone who helps start like uh, a re- like a rebellion cell. Maybe that's like they become their own rebellion cell for a little bit and kind yeah. of do odd jobs and help fight the empire. Um, yeah, I think for Fallen Order two, they'll have to introduce some new uh, uh, moment of engagement that will have to build that story. I don't think it's anything that we have seen because the first one just kind of like. It ends, you know, yeah. like we obviously know what's going to happen in the later years, but that story in itself ends, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think, yeah, it'll have to be something brand new, which would be cool. I'm excited to see brand new. Yeah, I think it'd be cool if we did have run ins, you know, with some characters that we do know. Like I was thinking maybe like the Rebels crew. Boba that would be Fett. cool. Boba <laughs> Fett, yeah. I want Cal Kestis to fight Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, or maybe like a Vader. It would be kind of dumb, but a Vader rematch. That would be cool, though, to like he brings a bunch of Jedis to go fight Vader and Vader Ooh, just, yeah, like, just wipes be, them clean. <laughs> like a 12 on one. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. And I just think it'd be cool to learn, you know, even more about jedi lore and the the mm-hmm. jedi of of christmas past it'd be it'd be cool yeah if cal's kind of whole thing is to be he he's trying to maybe oh you know what i i this is a complete just mock-up idea but it, i think an interesting story would be uh cal is trying to find ancient jedi methods to help stop the empire and stop people like vader mm. so the whole game he's trying to he's jumping through different temples and whatnot and yeah, i had that written down too it'd be cool to see um a lot more different jedi temples and maybe he does land on octu mm-hmm. at some point and it'd be cool to see that um I was also thinking maybe a little, maybe you get a little bit, of, uh, a little bit of mall in there. I was thinking that too. Do like as crim- a, as a treat, like crim- crimson dawn be like the, yeah. the bad guys. That'd be cool. Mm, that would be but, cool. Uh, yeah. Thanks for writing that question. Uh, moving on. Our next question comes from at Nick Ducote art um, on Instagram who asks, what's your favorite background characters? I know we kind of went over this last week, but let's kind of reiterate what we were talking about last week. Uh, I re kind of I found new characters that Ooh, okay. I had kind of even more uh, exciting. So for a specific character, it's definitely um, it's Cabe, the little bat dude from A New Hope, who takes the <laughs> like the cup from and yes. Moss Eisley and kind of waddles away. Yes, I um, love him. But it's the other one. It's not a background character, but it's a background instance in Revenge of the Sith when Grievous and Obi-Wan are fighting. Right before Grievous ignites his lightsabers, there's two battle droids in the back and one of them like like gets the other one's attention to like look at Grievous igniting his lightsaber. <laughs> and like it happens and they're both like, ah, like that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, Again, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but Dexter Jester <laughs> is just my favorite. I love him so much. And he just like for no reason knows a lot about cloning and the like all of the Camino stuff. And I wonder I love if there's that. a uh, if there's a Dexter Jester uh, diner uh, cookbook out there. Yes. <laughs> uh, a space diner food. Did cookbook. they ever make a Lego set for Dexter? Oh, they probably did. I, yeah. I bet you even like. We just need Dexter Jester, a Star Wars story. I just want it. Well, it's like the first star, Lego Star Wars game. It's the, the like main, like, yeah, had that area is Dexter, is Dexter's Diner. Mm-hmm. The like the lobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another 
background character that I love. Nah, not really background, um, but Lobot. I, you know, I thought about Lobot too. Uh, that episode in Rebels is really fun with all the Lobots yeah. when they hack Chopper. Yeah. Um, and then some some background Jedi we never really even hear speak, but like uh, Yarl Poof. Yarl Poof. <laughs> My man with the neck. He got that neck. Yaddle. Uh, <laughs> Good old yeah, Yaddle. Yaddle. Yep. Uh, do we ever hear Yaddle talk? I think I she know. says like one word. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. But um, I was kind of like using the old Google machine to go through and just look for characters that I might not be thinking of right off the bat. And I remember loving this um, when I most recently watched The Phantom Menace. Uh, you know Ben Quadraneros? Uh, no. He's the guy in Phantom Menace during the pod race and his pod like blows up in the beginning and he can't do the race. Uh, oh, <laughs> that guy with the big, oh. like his whole body's a head. <laughs> I love him so much. Oh my God. It's the, it's the announcers in Poor guy. Uh, oh, the yeah. pod racing too. It's just like space NASCAR. Um, and then we got characters, you know, like Paige Tico and last Jedi, which we would have gotten a little bit more of her. Um, and seeing like her relationship with Rose, that would have been cool. My boy, Bib Fortuna. My bo- boy, Bib. Yeah. But yeah, I think we have one more question before we head out today. Um, this comes from at Sean Fallon writes on Instagram who asks, what is your favorite moment from each trilogy? Um, in each trilogy and the, the prequels, um, it, it might be the battle of Coruscant. Um, mm. and I'm not, I'm not picking the obvious favorites, like the Darth Maul fight, the Mustafar fight. I'm thinking more of yeah. moments that I'm kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, I always, I love everything post Anakin and Padme getting captured in attack of the clones. I love, yeah, uh, nothing will ever get me. What are you guys doing here? Well, we got your distress signal. We tried to rescue you. Looks up as his chains. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Like gets me every time. Yeah. Um uh original trilogy, it's the Luke and Vader fight in Return of the Jedi. It's just it's the sole reason why I watch Return of the Jedi every time is their Emperor's Throne Room uh lightsaber fight just gets me. I think it's so good. I think it's And it has the it, most the the highest stakes emotionally throughout the entire I original trilogy. Completely agree because like the Empire fight also good. That's such a scary and intense like you know closer to that movie. Um, but I think that yeah the the Return of the Jedi fight is just so much uh, so much more at stake, so much more you know on the table rather than it just being a, a fight for the first time. Yeah. Um, for the sequel trilogy. It's probably the Starkiller base, Ray and Kylo um, fight, the snow fight. That's probably mm. the most visually my favorite. Um, I love Han Solo's death scene. I yes. love that scene. That that conversation between him and Kylo, I think, is just just so good. Just well, like I think it's it's really well written. I think the acting's really good in it because it, there's kind of just this staleness to the whole thing mm-hmm. that it feels awkward, but it's like awkward because I'm so nervous, kind of thing. Yeah, I love um, that. I in the prequel trilogy, I have a couple, um, neither of which I think a lot of people would expect, but 
one for some reason the first thing that came to mind was the scene um the moment where anakin leaves his mother and we get that moment between them in phantom menace Uh, when they hug yeah and it just breaks me down every time and the performances are so good in that scene too Mm -hmm. and it just the emotional weight that that entire moment carries sticks with me every time i watch that movie and it just reminds me of you know the power of love and a mother's love throughout the the theme that whole theme throughout the entire star wars saga um i really love that and then also in the sequel not sequel in the prequel trilogy um the darth plagueis the wise story (laughs) from palpatine i love it Um, i love star wars opera i love space opera it's the Gets yeah, me every I just, time. <laughs> yeah, and I just love I love the uh, performance from Ian McDermott right there. It's so yeah, Shakespearean and that is a really good classic like, theater. Just, uh, have you? I'm sorry, I'll let you finish, and then I'll I'll have this thing we can talk about afterwards. Okay, all right. Um, and for the original trilogy, the first thing that came to mind was, and this is my favorite, probably Star Wars scene of all time, was Yoda using the Force to take. Luke, mm. Luke's X-wing out of the swamp on Dagobah, and this the music is perfect. The just the the shots that are in that sequence is perfect. Just everything about it is so good. Yoda's Yoda's theme is one of my favorite oh, songs yeah. in general. Yeah, um, and I just love the shot of we get the camera in a really high angle and it's cutting down on Luke with the with like the landing gear for the X-Wing in, in the foreground. And you see Luke looking up at it. It's almost like a, it's like a God's eye view kind of thing. And I don't, it just speaks to me. I love it so much. Um, and then lastly, sequel trilogy. Um, you'll be surprised. It's not from the rise. I mean, I mean, it's not from the last Jedi. Is it the rise of Skywalker? It is from the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Cause I misspoke. But uh, so in the rise of Skywalker, the battle of Exegol, we get a moment where we think all hope is lost. You know, all of the X wings are, you know, they're like falling to the ground to their death. And all of the, this huge fleet that Lando brings with him when he comes in. And one of the first order officers, or I guess it's called the final order now, um, says something along the lines of where did this Navy come from? And then someone says, well, it's not a Navy. It's just people. <laughs> and I love that moment. Oh, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. The good, good. It's um, so good. So that's everything that we have today. But uh, some stuff that popped in my head later on. Uh, we forgot. Uh, happy belated birthday to John Williams. The the yes, master behind. The maestro. The, the, the sound of everything in our favorite Star Wars. Uh, a legend in himself. Um <laughs> This this popped in my head when we were talking about the uh, the opera scene, the Darth Plagueis scene. Have you have you watched um, Backstroke of the West? Do you know what I it is? I not. I do not <laughs> even know what that is. It's uh, it's all on YouTube. The whole thing. Um, it's essentially a Chinese dubbed version of Revenge of the Sith that was then Google translated back into English um, and then re. Google translated back into Chinese and then back into English and then redubbed 
with new actors that are pretending to be in the movie. What? And it's, it's nonsense. It's just gibberish the whole time. But every <laughs> but all of all of Anakin's and uh, Palpatine scenes is just incomprehensible. Just the Darth Plagueis scene is just absolute <laughs> nonsense. And it's it's top notch. It's so good. Anakin's name is uh, a la gold. Um, Obi-Wan <laughs> Obi-Wan is a uh, ratio tile tile. Uh, General Grievous is space general. And space it's, general. It's literally like my position in, in the advantage is higher and better than yours and i have the high ground um, <laughs> uh, i have to fa- watch this it's so good my favorite is when uh when anakin is hanging on the elevator shaft uh-huh. and the door opens and the two droids pop down and look at him uh the instead of just the like like you know show us your hands uh the droid opens up and goes raise the hand too boy <laughs> And it's it's the whole movie's like that. It's too I good. I love that. It's I have to watch good. that. Um, the voice acting's also pretty good too, except for Yoda, who's just like some girl, like not even doing a, <laughs> some not, girl? Even do, not even doing a Yoda voice. It's I just love some, that. It's just someone just talking. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> well, I'll I'll leave you off with that. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and cue the music. But thank you so much for listening to this uh, this new edition of Through Imperialized. You can find us on Instagram at Through Imperialized Pod, Twitter at Imperialized Pod, and on YouTube, you can search us up Through Imperialized Podcast. You'll find us there. Jackson, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Quacks and Scalene. That's Q-U-A-C-K-S-O-N and Scalene like the triangle. And then you can follow my photography Instagram uh, at Deline underscore photography and Deline is spelled D-A-L-E-E-N. Where can they find you, Braden? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Braden Ledbetter and on Twitter at Braydathalon. And don't forget, next week we are reviewing Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. We're having a lot of fun getting into it. And we will express all of our spoilery goodness thoughts next week. And also don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps the show. At least leave us a rating. A little written review would, be, would help too. Um, Falls on Spotify, all those podcasts, streaming platforms. Um, but if you do want to ask questions for next week, we will be taking questions. So hit up our Twitter, Instagram, any of our socials. We do take questions 24-7 on there. Um, and if you want to leave us a voice message, we also have that option on our Anchor. So hit up hit up our Anchor and you can send, a vo- uh, send us a voice message and your voice will appear on the show. But um, do you have anything else to add, Jackson, before we head out today? No, I think I'm good, actually. I think I've got everything. Cool. Well, we will see you next week for our review of Claudia Gray's Into the Dark. But until then, may the force be with you. <laughs>